Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hey, Bill's Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day, all bills, all the time. And now Matt Beauvais and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, welcome in, everybody. Sal Capaccio, no Matt Beauvais today, unable to get our schedules coordinated for this particular postgame. Bills lose 27-15. to against the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road, and it was just not a good performance by the Buffalo Bills. I understand it's preseason. We all say that. We all know that. But we all watched what happened. The performance just not up to the Buffalo Bills standard. Uh, Simple as that. Sean McDermott said as much after the game. A lot of things to clean up. A lot of things went wrong. All that said, if you're going to have a performance like that, you'd like it to be in the preseason when the result doesn't actually matter on the scoreboard. Uh, One of the reasons I'm coming at you on a little bit later than normal. A lot of times we're going to try to do the post game right after the game, the morning after. This is a little bit later. One of the reasons why was to really wait on a few of the injured updates so we can talk about some of the injuries. And we did learn a little bit earlier on Sunday, to doing this on Sunday today, Sunday night, and earlier Sunday evening, Sean McDermott said that Tommy Doyle is out for the season. Now we all saw the injury, it looked pretty brutal. Uh, It's unfortunate, obviously, for Tommy. Tommy tore his right ACL week three last year in Miami when he was playing guard, and they had all those offensive linemen go down, and they were on their, you know, I don't know, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth offensive lineman, I guess it seemed like that day. And he wound up tearing his ACL. He was out for the year. That was the only game he played in all of last season. His first action was week three, and that was it. Works his way back, comes all the way back. By all accounts, he was, you know, becoming a a nice depth piece for the Buffalo Bills on the offensive line. And that's done. He's not going to be able to play in 2023. You saw the injury. He was pass blocking Matt Barkley. And I think it was the third quarter when it happened. Um, He kind of turned a little bit and then his knee and his leg, it it buckled like a, like a hyperextension, but you could tell there was much more than that when he went down immediately grabbing for this time, his left knee, he called for the cart after you know players were out there and coaches and trainers were out there. Uh, took him into the locker room, and you knew it was going to be pretty significant. You were just hoping for the best, but 
Unfortunately, that wasn't the case, and that isn't the case. Tommy Doyle out for the season. Um, before I get to what they can do about Tommy Doyle and what the options are right now, I'll also just run through what Sean McDermott said about injuries as well beyond him. Uh, Matt Barkley, backup quarterback, hurt his elbow. I think it was on the play where it was a fumble forward. Uh, the Bills didn't challenge it. Whether it was a fumble or not, I think it was, but they called it a fumble either way. That's the play that he hurt his elbow on. But good news on that. McDermott termed him day-to-day, so doesn't seem like anything of significance with that. Dawson Knox did not play in the game, and we learned right away during the game that that was because he had a finger injury and he was being held out because of that finger injury. Well, he's also considered day-to-day. In fact, McDermott, he met with the media at 4.30 on Sunday, and then they had a walkthrough. The team had a walkthrough after that, and McDermott said that uh, Dawson Knox was most likely going to participate in that walkthrough. So obviously, that's good news as well. Um, Puna Ford had gone to the tent earlier in the game. He had some sort of uniform issue. It wasn't a big deal. So anytime the tent goes up, I know I'm on the sidelines. I look at that. I see the tent go up. I'm like, something's going on. Puna Ford was in there. Anyway, Puna Ford's fine. Nothing uh, with that. And then Terrell Bernard didn't play. He's still dealing with a hamstring injury. And this is a big storyline now because the Bills are still searching for a starting middle linebacker. And what they have on the roster just, quite frankly, hasn't been good enough yet for Sean McDermott and the defensive staff to think that you know someone can take charge and take hold of that spot. And we may be looking at, again, another week without Terrell Bernard. We'll see. It'd be great to see him come back and get a shot at winning that job. But right now, it's Tyrell Dodson and A.J. Klein. Uh, Bill Inspector mixed in as well. We'll get to that, but obviously the big news is Tommy Doyle's injury. And we'll talk about some of the things that happened in the game, but I think that's first and foremost you know, what's going on with this team. Now, let's remember a week ago, Brandon Shell announced his intention to retire. I don't think we actually heard from Brandon Shell, but basically the Bills said, you know, he's going to retire. And that really depleted the Bills' offensive tackle depth. You have Deion Dawkins at left tackle. You have Spencer Brown at right tackle. And Tommy Doyle and Brandon Shell were considered two of the, you know, top guys. That could be literally your two and three or three and two after that. They still have David Questenberry on the roster, and they still have Ryan Vandermark. And I think this team really, really likes Ryan Vandermark. I think Ryan Vandermark now, to me, suddenly becomes the main swing tackle. He's been better on the left side than he's been on the right side. So you'd like to have somebody who could be you know, more capable on one way if he's going to stay on one side. We'll see where they go with this. But I think they really like Ryan Vandermark, and he probably becomes the number one swing tackle on this team now. That said, David Questenberry... Obviously, a guy who played last year. He's put a lot of time in the league. I mean, he's a he's a replacement that's not going to be to the quality of what you have as your starting unit, but he's a guy that's played, and we'll see You know what this means for him. I know people are thinking about Jason Peters. His name has been out there. It's been floated around. It's been banded about. Bills fans say, come on, go get Jason Peters. 40 years old. He still wants to play. Look, anything is possible. This team is trying to win a Super Bowl. I mean, they, they may go out there and try to get Anthony Munoz to come out of retirement for all I know. Right. But, and by the way, that's a joke. Anthony Munoz already in the hall of fame. He's well past it. He's, he hasn't played in many, many years, but the point is I would never say never with Brandon Bean. Anything can happen. I mean, they brought Cole Beasley and John Brown last year for crying out loud at the end of the year, they're going to do what they need to do. And if they feel that Jason Peters or anybody is going to be an upgrade that can help this team, they'll go out and do that. But right now, as I sit here, it just doesn't feel like that's something they want to do. I think they want to continue to go on with the guys they have on the roster to see where they can go, to see what Ryan Vandermark can be, to allow, I don't know, 
Um, who else is on the roster? Like David Questenberry, like I said. Is there anybody else? Oh, yeah, Ryan Bates. I want to bring him up. Ryan Bates, maybe that's an option. Ryan Bates is the backup interior offensive lineman for this team. Now, Osiris Torrance played a really good game, and I think he's about to lock up that starting right guard job. I'd be surprised at this point if Osiris Torrance doesn't actually step onto the field Monday night, September 11th, as a starting right guard for the Buffalo Bills. So that allows, as we've talked about before here in the podcast and on WGR when I'm on the air, that allows Ryan Bates to do what he does best, really, which is be the sixth man, the first guy off the bench, the guy that can fill in on the interior. But Ryan Bates actually can play five positions. The Bills have said that. Sean McDermott has mentioned that in the past. Ryan Bates played left tackle and I think right tackle. I know he played left tackle, if I remember correctly, for Deion Dawkins when Deion was out a couple of years ago in the preseason and in training camp. He's never done it in a regular season game. I'm not pinning my hopes on Ryan Bates becoming some great backup tackle. What I am telling you, though, is that is an option to make sure that he gets some reps there to have a little bit more insurance, a little bit more security. And look, if if your backup interior guy can also be your backup exterior swing tackle guy, then, you know, that really kind of solves a little bit of a numbers issue as well. But right now the Bills do have a numbers issue. I mean, let's think about it. You have your starting unit is intact, and let's hope it stays that way. Mitch Morris at center, Connor McGovern, and what I think is Osiris Torrance at guard, and then Deion Dawkins and Spencer Brown at tackle. I know that Spencer Brown has not had the easiest go of it. Again, on Saturday, I don't think it was a very good game for him. Um, he committed a couple of penalties, one of which should not have been a penalty, by the way. The block in the back, not a block in the back. See my Twitter feed, at Cell Sports. I wrote about it. I saw it. Eric Turner actually tweeted out video of the play. I quote tweeted it and said, this is not a block in the back. This is actually very, very good hustle. But he also had the holding penalty. And, you know, as athletic as he is for a big man, he seems to struggle sometimes with just a change of direction and being able to reset and get his body and his hands where they need to go. And that's been a bit of an issue, but he is the starting right tackle for the Buffalo bills. And so far right now, of course, the starting unit is still intact. And like I said, that's a good thing. But if you want some more depth again, what are you looking at? Ryan Vandermark at tackle, David Questenberry at tackle. I think Ryan Bates maybe could be a dark horse to get some reps there. If you want to keep Ryan Bates in the interior, that's fine. The Bills are, of course, going to work out some guys. They're going to make sure that they, you know, can bring somebody in if they need to. Uh, they're going to have to by numbers anyway. Also on the roster, Ike Butker. He's really just an interior guy. David Edwards. I don't think David Edwards has tackle experience, but, you know, you never know. A guy like that, he's been in the league a while, uh, four years, really a main starter with the Rams for a while. You never know with a guy like that. Alec Anderson, more of an interior guy. Richard Garage is on the roster. I just think he's a long way away. Richard Garage is a undrafted free agent out of Florida. So I think he's a ways away from, you know, being to the level that they can count on as far as a, um, you know, backup tackle here on the Buffalo Bills. So those are some of the options. And of course, it's good to see Matt Barkley only be day to day, but there was a quarterback competition. There still is a quarterback competition, according to Sean McDermott as well as Matt Barkley played a week ago against the Colts going 14 of 15 and Kyle Allen had, you know, some ups and downs. I thought it was kind of reversed on Saturday. Matt Barkley threw three interceptions and he fumbled the ball. He had four turnovers. I thought Kyle Allen threw the ball really well. He was actually uh, what 12, seven of 12, seven of 12. I think is his, his rate was, I have to go back and look exactly what his stat line was. Let me say, I think I have that here, but he was here. It's right here. I don't want to steer you wrong on the actual numbers. Uh, he was, oh, 12 of 15. There you go. Seven of 12 for Barkley. My fault. 12 of 15 for Kyle Allen, 112 yards through a touchdown, had a quarterback rating of 120. I thought he played really well. That was a big night for Kyle Allen. I think to make sure that he can maybe secure that backup quarterback job, which they envisioned him having when they started him. But 
as we go forward. Looks like both quarterbacks, all three quarterbacks, thank goodness, Josh Allen as well, healthy after a game in which the starters started. Let's talk about those starters. They did not play the kind of game that Sean McDermott or them had hoped for. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day, your weekly source for all things Buffalo Bills. Right on time, your time. In the car, navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. 27-15, the Bills lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And really from the jump, this game did not go right for the Bills. Um, and the opening kickoff, actually the opening kickoff was good for the Bills. Um, a guy that had a nice game, Cameron Klein, flew down there and had a nice tackle. But then the Steelers, you know, they have a first down, they go to a third down, they get another first down, and then bam, a 62-yard run. And... Jalen Warren on the run, a 62-yard run. Just not a, not the kind of start the Bills wanted, obviously. Not something you normally see from the Buffalo Bills, from their starting unit. I mean, you put your starters out there, you don't expect Jalen Warren or anybody, for that matter, to go 62 yards from scrimmage on the ground. Bad run fits. Guys chasing the play. Jordan Poyer with a bad angle. Now, I will say this, all right? Nobody's game planning here in the preseason. And the Bills are kind of doing what they normally do. Like, they're going to play it like they would. And maybe you say, okay, these are things that the Steelers like to do. Let's make sure we're a little bit buttoned up. No excuse here. But on the play, credit the Steelers, they went with a misdirection. Micah Hyde actually came down from the box, from his safety spot, and went into the box, I should say, down from his safety spot, because he was going with motion. He was actually away from the play. And they went that way with a little bit of play action back the other way on the counter. And that's where Warren got loose on the sidelines. And really, it was some nice blocking. Not a great job by Tyrell Dodson on the, on the run gap fit, but he was blocked out of the play. Matt Milano tried to scrape. He was blocked out of the play. And then Jordan Poyer, I thought, took a pretty poor angle to start, and then he tried to make the play, and he couldn't make the play. So, look, it's a horrible play. The Bills would love to have it back, I'm sure, on defense, but it was a 7 nothing game quickly. Then the Bills come out on their offensive side, and this is what I mean by not a good game from start to finish. Bills get the ball. They have 10 men on the field, 10 men to start the game. You can't let that happen. Think about this. It's the first play of a preseason game, regular season game, post. I don't care. The first play of a game, it's scripted. Everybody knows their job. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do. Everybody knows the personnel that's supposed to be out there. I was watching and I saw the Bills start to huddle up and then Quentin Morris just ran off the field. And I'm thinking, okay, well, for some reason they had 12 guys on the field and then Rob Boris and him, the tight ends coach, started talking, and Boris and they were kind of having an animated conversation, like, what are you doing? Why are you out there? Couldn't tell what was going on, and my assumption was he had they had 12, which is why he ran off. That's not what happened. They had 11. He ran off. That created 10. Now, the Bills still actually completed the pass because they ran a play to Dalton Kincaid. He caught the ball across the middle, and it was a nice six-yard gain. But you can't have 10 men on the field to start a football game. 
everybody should know exactly what they're supposed to be doing at the start of the game. And then the Bills start driving down. They actually get inside the territory. I think it went to the 38-yard line they got to, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then the penalties just started mounting. The penalties and penalties after penalties. One of them was on Spencer Brown, shouldn't have been a penalty. Another on Spencer Brown that was a penalty. Josh Allen twice dug him out of a hole, at least, well, one on a really big play, actually, I should say. Um, you know, Josh throwing the ball a 35-yard gain on second and 24 to Gabe Davis, but that gets nullified because of a penalty on Spencer Brown. They also had a Connor McGovern false start on the same drive. Everything was just going wrong for the offense. And by the way, while Josh was on that drive and the next drive, it goes a little bit of notice in this game. I thought Josh Allen threw the ball really, really well. He was on point. He was on target. I thought it was a really nice sign for uh, the Buffalo Bills quarterback, especially some of the receivers like Dalton Kincaid he was hooking up, which I'll get to Dalton Kincaid here in just a little while. But I thought Josh was you know, really good there. So the Bills have to punt. They do punt. And what happens? Punt goes back the other way, 54, 57 yards, whatever it was. I mean. The, this is just a snowballing effect at this point of what's going on. It's defense, and then it's offense, and then it's special teams. You want to talk about having just a bad day and bad breakdowns? All three phases of the game, bad day, bad breakdowns. The very next play, give credit to Kenny Pickett and Pat Fryermuth. I mean, Kenny Pickett made a fabulous throw right by the ear hole of Matt Milano, and Fryermuth had to actually make an adjustment this wasn't a bad throw. The adjustment was because Kenny Pickett put in the one spot that his tight end could get it. And sure enough, he did. He caught the ball as he's going into the end zone. Bing, bang, boom, less than five minutes into the game. It's already 14 to nothing Steelers. I mean, the Bills had only touched the ball one time and had basically more penalty yards than they had regular yards. And then the Steelers are already up 14 nothing. So it was a disastrous beginning right from the start. Then the Bills get the ball back. They go three and out. And what happens on the punt? It gets tipped. The punt gets tipped. It only goes 28 yards, 25 yards. Um, some of these yardages, I don't remember exactly. I wrote about them, and I'm look, um, looking through the game book. But either way, the point is, Sam Martin gets his punt blocked, tipped. Not completely blocked, just a little bit tipped. But these things can't happen. I mean, guys are fighting for spots. You're trying to see the evaluation of players. And maybe they players out there, the only thing I'd say that could be, okay, well, maybe this is why. Maybe you have players out there that you're not normally going to play, but you got to see them. You got to make sure you give them every single chance to make the roster, make the team, make an impression. So you put somebody out there that might not totally be the guy that's going to be there when the regular season starts, even with the starters in these situations. And maybe that's why it happens. But man, it was just a, um, it was just a bad start all around for the Bills. And then Kind of finally slowed down a little bit. Both teams started putting their backups in. You had a bit of an even contest. And the Steelers just still dominated because the Bills kept giving him the ball. And that was really Matt Barkley throwing some uh, interceptions. And then he had the fumble that went to the Steelers. The Bills did have a fumble of their own. They recovered on a bad snap, actually, by the Steelers. Cameron Klein, that guy, again, I thought he had a good game. He actually recovers the ball at the two-yard line, and the Bills wind up scoring. Uh, the Bills actually had a really nice goal line stand in this game. They committed a couple of penalties. You remember the Cleveland goal line stand years ago where the Cleveland had like eight plays or 10 plays inside the Bills five-yard line or even three-yard line because the Bills kept giving them penalties and more plays with stopping them. They kept doing that in this one, but ultimately the Steelers scored on what would be really the last offensive play of the first half. But that was a really nice sign that they were able to buckle up when they needed to in that situation. Unfortunately, they couldn't prevent it in the end. That one last play for the Steelers, they did get. But they had six, seven plays, I think it was, inside the five-yard line given the penalties. And the Bills actually did a really nice job. 
Um, I talked about Spencer Brown a little bit. If you go to my arrow up, arrow down column, WGR550.com, he got an arrow down. I just thought it was a poor performance overall by the offensive line. I thought that, you know, he obviously didn't play very well. One of those reasons was because of the penalties. And man, the penalties were a story. A week ago against the Colts, Sean McDermott was unhappy because the Bills had eight penalties. They had 12 in the first half in this game. 12 for what? Uh, 96 yards, 93. No, they, they finished with 13 for 93. So one penalty in the second half. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a that's a a win there, right? One penalty in the second half, 12 penalties in the first half by the Buffalo Bills. Those are things that just have to be cleaned up, especially pre-snap penalties. Can't have those pre-snap, false start, offsides, neutral zone infractions, things like that. Motion, lining up wrong. Those are just unacceptable penalties that you can't have. The pass protection. Not really good. Now, the Bills aren't game planning, and this is a good Steelers front, but Josh Allen was under duress a little bit too much. Matt Barkley was. Not as much Kyle Allen, but the Bills gave up too much pressure. They have to do a better job than that. They have to do a better job of blocking as well. Only three yards on three carries for James Cook. I mean, the the second play of the game, it's a second and four, I think it is, maybe even second and two, whatever it was. James Cook doesn't go anywhere and brings up a third down right away. I mean, those are short second downs that you need to convert to keep the chains moving or at least get a yard or two to make it a very, very short third down and you don't put your quarterback in your offense in a pretty bad spot. The um, punt return against the tip punt, I'm looking through my arrow down and the middle linebacker play got an arrow down. Uh, now, Sean McDermott said earlier in the week, last week, that the middle linebacker spot needs improvement, said it's an area of concern for him as far as the leadership of it, lining up the defense, the communication, everything that goes into it. And I don't think it got much better from a play standpoint on Saturday, but McDermott did say he thought that the, both Tyrell Dotson and AJ Klein ran the defense well. That's not saying they played well, and I'm not telling you to say they played poorly. What I'm telling you, what he said is that he thought that they ran the defense well. That is different than actually judging their performance other than running the defense. It was mostly Tyrell Dotson and AJ Klein. Bale Inspector got a little bit of run there. I still wonder, is the starting middle linebacker of the Buffalo Bills in 2023, the majority starting linebacker for more most of the games, is he not on the roster right now? Are they going to go on the waiver wire when cuts are announced and everybody has to get down to 53 and you know a week from now? Are they going to look for somebody? Are they going to try and make a trade? I'm not really sure. I mean, we're talking about offensive tackle, right tackle. We're talking about middle linebacker. A couple of different spots here where I think the Bills are in a spot and they have to figure out what they're going to do. And again, maybe Terrell Bernard comes back and winds up winning that job. We've seen what AJ Klein can do. We've seen what Tyrell Dodson can do. And they can be very good at times. They can also cost you because of their own limitations. So let's see where this goes this week. The Bills have one week left in the preseason. They'll play the Chicago Bears on Saturday. And then final cuts on August 29th, which is a week from, wait, what day is August 29th? Hold on. What is day? 20th? All right, so there you go. It is Tuesday, all right? Tuesday of next week. You're probably hearing this on Monday. It's like an eight days from them, from then. And that's when everybody has to go down from 90 men to 53 men. There's no one or two cuts this year, no three cuts. It used to be, it's one cut. Now teams can still cut guys anyway before then, but that's when we're going to find out who's out there. And I wonder if the Buffalo Bills decide to hit the waiver wire, see who's out there at the middle linebacker position. All right, well, there were some good things, believe it or not, that happened for the Bills against the Steelers on Saturday night. All right, Sal Capaccio, no Matt Bove here on this episode. Thank you. By the way, 
If you're watching on the stream, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, I appreciate that, at Sal Sports on YouTube. A little bit darker tonight. I don't know. I didn't get the lighting right in here, but I wanted to get you an episode. I wanted to get you a post-game show. So thank you for dealing with that, and I apologize. Well, maybe – also, I didn't shave, so maybe that's why it was. I didn't want, like, the light shining on my shadow, so to speak. So wanted to look okay. We'll look okay, but thank you very much. And uh, Mike Robbie doing a great job of making sure that, you know, we sound good as well on the audio version. So check that out. iTunes. Spotify, wherever you pod. All right. So as I clear the palate there with some coffee, yeah, I'm drinking coffee at night. I'm a coffee. I can drink coffee any time of the day, any time of night, to be quite honest with you. It doesn't really keep me up. So that's what I'm doing here as I get ready. I need more decaf though, as you can tell in my voice. I'm a little too energetic. All right. Arrow up. Who performed well? And it's not just not the arrows up. There are guys, I think maybe that you could tell me that performed pretty well or things that went well that I didn't write about. But first and foremost, Dalton Kincaid, the tight end for the Buffalo Bills. Very impressive. He's been impressive all training camp. Three catches, 45 yards, first play of the game, a 25-yarder later. It looks like a carbon copy. Just this guy catching it over the middle and turning upfield, catching it over the middle and turning upfield. I mean, you can't put a linebacker on Dalton Kincaid. You can't do it. You're going to get beat. Memo to the rest of the league, you better put a nickel back on him. You better put a defensive back on him. And if the, the Bills see that, then the Bills know they have a bit of a lighter box and they're going to be able to run a little bit more. That's what the whole point of drafting a guy like Dalton Kincaid was and what it's doing for this offense. So really like Dalton Kincaid's game. To me, he's a guy that you kind of just tell, don't play him next week. Don't play him against the Bears. Like he's just as important, I think, as anybody else in this team, given what he means to the offense and to everybody else around him on the offense and what their roles can, uh, can entail. Talked about Cameron Klein. Look, this is a numbers game at defensive end. I don't think Cameron Klein is making the 53-man roster, but you know, this is a guy that's knocking on the door with the kind of camp that he's had. He was active all game. He was in on the tackle on the opening kickoff. And then later he recovered the fumble at the two-yard line, set up the Bills touchdown. He wound up with two tackles, a sack. He also had a QB hurry and the fumble recovery. You know, Cameron Klein played a, a good game. And again, let's look at the numbers at defensive end here. I'm imagining the Bills are going to keep five on the active roster. The question is, is Von Miller one of the five? Well, even if Von isn't, Greg Rousseau, Leonard Floyd, Boogie Basham, A.J. Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, I mean, is that a is that a spot? Could could Shaq Lawson's spot be in trouble? Has he done enough this camp? Has he put together enough, enough body of work? We all know that Shaq Lawson is a, a solid player. He has been for the Buffalo Bills. But if the Bills feel that they can go a little bit younger or they can have somebody there, they can give them a little bit more of whatever role they want to play. Is that possible? I think it's possible. Kendall Vickers, too. Kendall Vickers, he's a really outstanding player, I think, for the kind of role that he's asked to do. He can he can penetrate. He can play the run. Thought he did a really nice job on Saturday. Kingsley Jonathan, and for all you Syracuse people, remember him from a few years ago, Syracuse Orange, who's an undrafted free agent by the Bills, actually got claimed by the Bears last year, was there for several weeks, came back to the Bills, finished the season. Now he's back with them again. All of these guys, to me, are really interesting guys to talk about. Then you have A.J. Epinesa, who... And, and Boogie Basham, both of them, actually. A.J. Epinesa and Boogie Basham. Are we sure they're both 100% locks to make the team? I can't say so. Maybe, just maybe, the Bills feel a guy like uh, Cameron Klein or Kingsley Jonathan or Kendall Vickers has earned a spot, and they try to make a trade and try move one of these guys. Or they feel that these guys, I mean, Boogie Basham was great against the Colts. Really interesting to see what they're going to do at defensive end. And then you throw in Von Miller. I can't see this team keeping six defensive ends. I guess it's possible, especially if they just want to make sure they have Vaughn, but they have to have guys, you know, if you keep Vaughn and you only have him as one of five and someone else gets hurt, he's got to play a little bit more than you want early in the season. 
if you don't keep Vaughn, meaning on the active roster right away, you can keep the five and not worry about it. You could also keep Vaughn and keep six just in case something happens and he has to play a little bit more. So I think the defense spot is going to be super interesting. I think Saran Neal's had an, uh, a really good camp and he had a very nice game on Saturday. He was actually the guy with Cameron Klein in on the opening kickoff and he was flying around the field the whole game. Had a huge pass breakup in the second quarter. He added another pass up pass breakup later. I think he was the only Bill with two credited pass breakups in the game. Finished also with a pair of tackles. I think he's think he's put together a really nice camp. And really, I mean, he's kind of playing right now as the backup nickel corner. You know, you, you think of Cam Lewis in that role. And it was good to see Cam Lewis back, by the way. He wound up uh, playing in the game. And he can play corner. He can play safety. Special teams. Cam is just so versatile. The more he can do, it helps him. But I think Saria Neal is really more of the main backup nickel. And I think he's done a really nice job uh, this training camp and preseason. I gave QB Kyle Allen an arrow up. As I said before, um, I know that it's going to go a little bit unnoticed because of the game that the Bills played and lost and how everyone basically you know played overall, but he was good. 12 of 15, that's 80%, 112 yards and a touchdown. I think he quieted a lot of the criticism from a week ago against the Colts. And then there's Justin Shorter. Justin Shorter Led all pass catchers, five grabs, 47 yards and a touchdown. This is a guy that was not targeted a week ago, a week before that against the Colts. He's a fifth-round pick of the Bills. You think that he's you know, got an inside track to make the team, and he should as a fifth-round pick, but, man, it is getting tight at wide receiver. You still have Andy Isabella, who played in the game and returned kicks. Didn't really do much other than that. I wonder what they feel about Andy because I think he's put together a really nice camp. Um, you still have a guy like Keyshawn Johnson who was returning kicks. And, and punts. Keyshawn Johnson, keep him, you know, are they, was he out there returning punts? Cause they want to make sure that if they're going to do this, that he's a guy they can count on a pinch. Sometimes that happens. I mean, Khalil Shakir didn't play all that much. So we'll see what they do with um, this wide receiver group. Trent Sherfield, by the way, really nice game. Had a great catch to throw. Was that from, I think it was Barkley who threw the one into traffic. He took a shot and he held on. This is going to be, there's going to be some, um, there are going to be some really tough choices and decisions at wide receiver, including uh, Tyrell Shavers, Marcel Aitman. I think those guys also have made cases maybe you know, to make the team. So Kyle Allen, Justin Shorter, they hook up for that touchdown late. And the last one, but it shouldn't be last, one of the first guys I think that really jumped off the page, Osiris Torrance. I mean, here's a guard, second-round guard out of Florida, who while the offensive line overall didn't play well, I thought he really held his own against a very good front. This is, an, this is a great, great situation for the Bills and fine for the Bills, I guess, to – bring this guy in in the second round, and he thought he had first-round talent, and to plug him right in and be able to start, and if he can do that and be really quality, this is a guy that might actually wind up being their best offensive lineman relatively soon, you know, the next couple of years. Might be a guy they can really just count on as an anchor right there at guard. So really liking the camp he's putting together, and again, that goes back to and circling back to Ryan Bates' situation as the swing guy, the backup, the sixth man, however you want to put it. But I thought Osiris Torrance really played a nice game. And that's a really, really good sign for the Bills because going into the season, I think there were questions, okay, who wins the right guard spot? And now that we're here with this tackle situation, you don't want to make that any worse because Connor McGovern is going to be fine. Mitch Morse is going to be fine. If Osiris Torrance is going to be fine, look, I mean, that's a really nice interior offensive line for the Buffalo Bills. So the Bills are going to take on the Chicago Bears this coming Saturday. It is preseason game number three. It's the final preseason game. We don't know yet any of the starters are going to play. Now, traditionally, you'd think that they would not. But the way that this team played, the way the starters played last week, this past game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, I wouldn't be totally shocked if Sean McDermott said, you guys got to give me more. I got to see more out of you. Nobody's going to want to see that from the Buffalo Bills fan side of things, of course. 
They don't want anybody to get hurt. And I get it. I don't want to see it. I don't want anybody to get hurt. We just saw what happened to Tommy Doyle. You never want to see that with anybody, much less starters. And you're starting quarterback and receivers and guys like that. But maybe Sean McDermott feels different. We'll find out later in the week. We'll keep you updated. Follow me on Twitter, at Sal Sports. Of course, WGR550.com. All right, short and sweet post-game wrap-up. Bills lose 27-15 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have practiced the rest of this week. They're off on Monday. They'll get back after it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, travel day and Friday to Chicago, 1 p.m. kickoff against the Chicago Bears for preseason game number three. Final cuts, only cuts, basically mandatory uh, on that Tuesday following it. And then it's off to the races getting ready for the New York Jets on Monday night, September 11th at the Meadowlands and MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. All right, in the meantime, Matt will be back next time we chat, and I look forward to it, whether you're watching, you're listening, appreciate it. Again, download, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, wherever that is. And on the YouTube channel, if you're listening to this, if you're just doing audio, go to YouTube, go to Sal Sports on YouTube. Lots of stuff there. I got my series with Eric Turner called uh, Guide to the Gridiron. We're literally just breaking down football at the very, very, very base level of terms and terminology so everyone can understand the very basics of football. Got some great feedback on that. Check that out. I got a lot of other cool things planned for the YouTube channel as well. So check it out at Sal Sports. In the meantime, once again, thank you to Mike Rabier, our producer, and we'll talk to you on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo.